Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Jessica Alba opened up about going to therapy with her daughter. Pink offered to pay the uniform rule fines for Norway's women's beach handball team. And on the heels of another lackluster virtual event, is Comic-Con as we once knew it dead? BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic joins us to break down what the latest convention means for its future. It's July 26, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so Casey, <laughs> obviously you must have seen that Benifer went Instagram official over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. J-Lo was celebrating her 52nd birthday and she posted this photo of like her in a swimsuit, which like she's hot, whatever. But then if you scroll through the carousel, the last photo is of her and Ben kissing. And I swear when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is huge for us. Like, I felt like I was part of the relationship. And I was like, (laughs) we made this announcement. We're going official. It was huge. I was very excited. Uh, I think my favorite tweet was like, hating this Benefer news is not a personality. You know, like, I'm like, let What's people be excited hate? about this. Yeah, people have yes. the nostalgia of it. <laughs> I mean, I they weren't even huge when we were growing up, but I'm obsessed with it. I can't. I can't get over it. Like, Bran and Jennifer Aniston go next. Like, everyone. Uh, <laughs> and everyone then also, get back is it, together. <laughs> isn't there some theory about them, like, also recreating a music video or something? 
Yeah, so there were photos. Okay, so she celebrated her birthday on this yacht, and there were photos of him caressing her butt. That was a um, really nice way of saying that, Charlotte. You know, I try. <laughs> and it was also exactly what he was doing in the Jenny from the Block music video, which honestly, I didn't even know that he was in. So people are thinking that maybe they're recreating the video. I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to I see. hope so. I hope so. All right. So starting off today in an Instagram video with Katherine Schwarzenegger, Jessica Alba revealed that she started going to therapy with her oldest daughter, Honor, a couple of years ago. I felt like my relationship really suffered with my parents because they didn't know how to communicate with me and, and how I like needed to be parented. She also said, quote, how I think I was raised or sort of the dynamics of how children were treated when I was growing up and even my parents was the kids basically speak when they're spoken to. They have the kid table whenever there's a family gathering and you just sort of stay out of the way and do what you're told. So, you know, honestly, it makes sense that Jessica would want to change this up and how she parents. And, you know, apparently it's working out. She added that now Honor feels comfortable and empowered to express her wants and needs, especially in one-on-one -on -one time with her mom. I mean, so look, I don't have kids, but I feel like if I honestly don't know how going to therapy with my mom would go, <laughs> I I feel like we would start out with the best of intentions and it would either end with me sobbing or with us not see, taking it seriously and see, laughing hysterically. See, but that's the thing. Starting too late in life. Although I would like to say there's it's never too late to start therapy. I don't <laughs> want anyone to think that they can't go to therapy. Please go, everyone. But no, but there is, there's something different with like, I, I totally agree with you about that's how it would work when you are like a grown person trying to go to therapy with a grown parent, you know? But starting it out young, and I have to assume she's also supportive of Otter going to therapy by herself, you know? Oh, like, yes. Exactly. So she can have that time to express herself as well. But it is so important because it's like you are going to communicate the way your parents communicated. That's how it works. Unless you make an active change and go to therapy or learn another way to communicate, you're just going to continue down that cycle. That's just how it works. So I'm happy she's breaking that. Yes. And those teenagers, that's when you need it the most anyway. I wonder if Cash or her husband also goes with her. I don't know. I need <laughs> <Yeah>. a follow-up. <laughs> Okay, so in other news, Pink is just as annoyed by the European Beach Handball Association's sexist uniform guidelines as the rest of us. So after Norway's women's handball team broke the rule saying that they needed to wear bikini bottoms during their matches and were fined nearly $2,000, Pink tweeted that the Handball Association should be, quote, fined for sexism. She said she was extremely proud of the team and even offered to pay the fine for them. Yeah. So just background on that is like they were like, hey, we don't want to wear these bikini bottoms. Men don't have to wear bikini bottoms like I would like to wear longer shorts. And then they were like, too long. Your shorts are too long. And I'm like, it just is wild. I wonder about it. I watch I watched the um, track pre qualifiers um, before the Olympics and you could see that there were like short tan lines on a lot of the women, yet they were wearing bikinis. And I don't know the decision between that while running. Like, was that something that's required of them? Because it's like, I could see the tan line. So I see that you practice in longer shorts. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, a lot of these rules suck. Let's not forget the Olympics were created a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I really have to add is my obsession with the movie Stick It. And this is exactly <laughs> yes. what happened in the movie. And they overthrew 
through the rules because they were so sexist. Like, I remember there was this whole scene about, like, their bra strap showing when they mm-hmm. were doing certain events. Iconic. Exactly. And I'm just like, why are we only holding women to these rules? They're ancient and they're sexist. And I think it's great that Pink is willing to pay these fines. But, um, yeah, the association it shouldn't be should fine be in the first place. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for the second year in a row, San Diego Comic-Con, which I have been to and I love, held a series of virtual panels instead of its usual massive affair. COVID constraints meant no cosplaying, star sightings, or impromptu conversations with fellow fans while standing in line, which means it was another year of fans, once again, feeling a little bit unsatisfied. And as more and more studios break away from the convention, literally, and form their own conferences, could the end of Comic-Con as we once knew it be on the horizon? BuzzFeed's Nora Dominic has been in the thick of it all and joins us now with more. Hi, Nora. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. All three of us have been to Comic-Con many, many times for work and for pleasure for some of us. And, you know, (laughs) though, of course, the online event simply could never have had the same level of excitement as the real thing. How heavy of a blow are two virtual Comic-Cons at this point? I mean, for fans and on an overall cultural level for the event. I just like last year, I feel like I was like, okay, this makes sense. This is fine. One year. It's great. But like everything with this pandemic, it's like round two is just like even worse somehow. (laughs) Um, So when this time it rolled around and it's just like fewer people did anything like studios and anything like that. And it was just like, nothing really happened. It was kind of came and went. It was just like depressing as somebody that like loves Comic-Con and loves the experience of going it was just like sad that it just like fizzled and like you know the virtual thing just didn't work yeah it just didn't I mean it's just like if for people who haven't looked at the schedule it's a sad schedule (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just sad overall but okay Dora I'm sorry for like asking you such a big question right at the top (laughs) of this conversation but I have to because I've been wondering it for a while now even I'd say a couple years before COVID hit Is Comic-Con dying? I mean, and have there been rumblings or general feeling amongst fans of the same notion? I don't think so. I think there's been a lot of, like, obviously these last two years of, like, man, you can't do this thing virtually and it sucks. There's just so much fun because you get to be around people that, like, are just as excited as you are about things you love to. And I've met some of my like really great friends through like literally waiting in line at a San Diego Comic-Con and stuff like that. So I think, I think this taught us that it is very much an in-person communal aspect of it. Not to say like, I don't love hearing my favorite actors talk about things and I don't love getting trailers and that kind of thing. But I think the communal aspect is something we might have not thought about how important it was and this just made it even more so so i don't think comic-con is dying per se i think it's become a lot about the bigger names that go and the you know aspect of being with your friends and being with people that are enjoying it along with you Mm. so i mean that's where comic-con is now but i want to take a step back really quick and talk about sort of what made comic-con become what it became in the first place i mean can you walk us through where it started and how it blew up to ultimately be the conference to end all pop culture conferences yeah so kind of what the name suggests it really did start out as a comic book convention and it was very small and 
and it was in San Diego. And it was just where people could come and see their favorite comic book writers, comic book artists, talk about the comic books they love. And one of the things, it's so funny to me because it doesn't seem that long ago in my mind, but like one of the biggest things was Twilight at Comic-Con <laughs> and seeing yes. and like them filling Hall H and you were getting people that had never been to a comic book convention because why would they have been? And But they absolutely adored this cast and these books and they were like, oh my God, I can go nerd out with all of my friends this is great and so once that kind of started getting rolling it became the comic-con we really know today big bang theory was also big it was like oh my god like this show is huge and it's about comic books this is the perfect setting and then obviously marvel and disney and the cw and taking those more kind of niche and geeky shows and bringing them to comic-con became so commonplace that now like the nbc comedies do it and it just became a place where it's like you can celebrate these shows and the cast can really see the people that are enjoying the shows they're on and the movies they're in and that kind of thing. Speaking of those big names, it's like, you know, this year Marvel Studios and DC Films weren't involved. And some wonder if there's even any point to Comic-Con now that we have D23 doing their own conference and Marvel Warner Brothers not making these big announcements. But to your point and everything you're saying, it's like, it doesn't sound like Comic-Con's dying. It kind of sounds like we need to rethink what Comic-Con is going to be in the future. And what are you going to take from like the old Comic-Con and the new Comic-Con to make the even newer Comic-Con? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think to your point, like now we have D23 and which is a huge Disney thing and they do a Star Wars version. And I think it's just like now we've got more of them. They all want to do their own thing because Comic-Con is so big and so much fun and so massive. And I think when you narrow it into the niche or scales, it's even more interesting. Like D23, like it's all of these Disney fans and the Marvel fans. And then Star Wars is massive and it's so cool because it's just Star Wars fans are with you and it's so fun. So I think we're just going to see more of them. And I think maybe to your point, there are going to be years where we don't have Marvel and Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. And I think this was a prime example, not only because it was virtual, but think about like Casey, when we were there, when they announced everything that, that held us until like 2024, like, it did. It did. Like, you know, like, people, I, I like don't even know how to describe this, but like, okay, everyone listening, we know that Nora is like the biggest Marvel fan ever. Now you're talking to me, who I love and appreciate Marvel, but I'm not on that level. And yet I was in Hall H basically crying. <laughs> like, it affects you being there around people who love something so much. My favorite side story, my favorite thing is Casey being in Hall H, and I couldn't be in there because I had to interview the Black Widow cast. That was just. <laughs> being announced and Casey's texting me being like uh what does this mean what's this oh my god wait somebody Florence Pugh just walked out I literally because I knew she would know things from like comics and stuff I was like okay a man in all black but with <laughs> yeah. red eyes showed up I don't know who this is <laughs> and like that's part of the like fun comic-con experience and so I I think we could see like Marvel not going every year or Warner Brothers not bringing things every year because Two years ago, they announced their entire slate through five years from now because that's what they have to do now. So I think it's just going to shift in that kind of sense. Okay, so that's San Diego Comic-Con. But can you talk to us about New York Comic-Con? How is it different? And do you think, hope, wish that it'll be in person this year? Uh, so far, fingers crossed, New York is in person in October. Um, I'll be crying on the streets of Manhattan. It'll be great. Um <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so fingers crossed they're going to be the first real convention back in October if everything goes swimmingly. Um, and New York's very different, but it's very fun. Um, it's a little still on the smaller scale compared to San Diego because it happens in the fall. A lot of the like fall TV shows have already started. Um, so you get a lot of the mid-season roll, rollouts um, and then some staples like The Walking Dead is always the biggest thing. And then Outlander's pretty big um, and that kind of thing. So you get the more winter shows and the more niche shows, I, like Riverdale always does a panel. You get the more niche, big budget stuff, but you're not getting the big like announcement of you know the next Marvel movie and that kind of thing. All right, we'll be right back with Nora Dominic to talk more about the future of Comic-Con. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. I just can't believe that I did that with my life. Jay, we had like the most amazing time. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Nora Dominic about the future of Comic-Con. So, you know, having said all this, I'm wondering, like, if we could take a moment, if you could envision this break, this COVID mandated break we've had, how could you see this being like revived or do you have any wishes for it? Like if it's like, okay, everyone, we have a time to reset real quick. What do we want Comic-Con to look like in the future? I mean, what do you think? Oh God, I would mean, I have so much fun for what it is normally. And I think just getting back to that, like, like Casey, like you were saying, like the vibe in Hall H is something you really can't describe until you're literally sitting in it. Um, and I think the first Comic-Con back is going to be just that electric energy of all everybody being together again is going to be huge. I don't even think it'll really matter if there's not a big trailer <laughs> or a big announcement or anything. Like I'm going to be sitting there like crying in Hall H and it'll be fine. Um, but I'm, I hope that we continue to do the, like, I hope actors continue to come and show up and celebrate the shows that they are on and the movies they love. And then also we continue like my favorite part of comic-con is honestly artist alley and like all of the small artists 
that's what I was going to say. I'm wondering just with all of these like networks and studios potentially not being there or pulling out. I'm like, this is pretty much a chance for people who haven't gone. It is like I spend a lot of time on the floor because I usually do a post about like the best cosplayers. And that's where you see some of the best costumes. And then you have like you see all this great artistry where you can purchase their art. and You can also purchase other like fan related paraphernalia like, you know, so I don't know. It's like. Do you think maybe a bigger emphasis on that? I would love for there to be like, even this time around virtually, like some of my favorite artists that I have literally found from wandering artist alley at San Diego and New York. And now I follow them on Instagram and follow them throughout the year. A lot of them did like Instagram lives with each other over the weekend and stuff like that. So yeah, I hope we still can continue to keep that, even though we're thinking about the big studios and the, the, you know, the TV shows and the movies and stuff like that. And you mentioned these artists doing a live event, and there's actually talk of Comic-Con doing some type of live event around Thanksgiving. Could this be a way to sort of test what could be done were the event to resume in person in 2022? What do you think needs to happen to make this go right? First of all, I know when they announced that Comic-Con date, oh, there's it's literally Thanksgiving weekend. So everybody was like, <laughs> everybody was like, who's, gonna who's do this? coming to this? Right. like... Besides like journalists being like, um, cause in a lot of cases, like this could be your first Thanksgiving with your family since the pandemic. If you <laughs> right. travel. Yeah. So it's so like, true. so like journalists are like, uh, now I have to work this weekend. Great. And then there's even like actors and stuff like that. They're like, we're not coming, especially because if it's in November, think about all of the shows that are filming and they're still right. keeping pretty strict like quarantine rules right. obviously on those sets so like no you're not going to randomly send the cast of riverdale from vancouver to comic-con okay it's wait make Nora, no i have a question i my question is why why are they doing this what is this i, I don't like understand no one looked at the calendar I, like, <laughs> I, literally, I literally can't even describe it but i mean in theory it'll be a small comic-con i guess they're keeping it thanksgiving weekend <laughs> and it'll very much test the waters of it all but i really do think in october New York Comic Con will kind of be the bigger indicator of like, are we ready to do the full scale Comic Con again? And they, like, my friends purchased their tickets for New York Comic Con a few weekends ago, and like, they were selling out in like record time. So there's still the people that want to go and are hopeful that they can go. But yeah, I think the San Diego Comic Con, I feel like it'd be best to just like wait till next July. We'll kick it off then. Um, so I'm curious to see what the Thanksgiving one is like. Truly, my God. Okay, so, you know, ultimately, for now at least, we still rely on Comic Con for details on some of our favorite movies and TV shows. Did Comic Con give us anything noteworthy this past week and weekend? Like, what happened? There were panels. I think the other problem is not to like backtrack a little, but everything's, everything's pre recorded for the virtual Comic Con. So you're not getting the, like, not to say like I need to watch these actors, but it, like, it's kind of nice. Like, there's no like room for audience questions and like, right. there's no room to like see them think on the fly because it's all been pre recorded over Zoom. So that was a little odd, but there were panels. There were some good things. TV. TV had a lot more than movies. Um, like they announced, they dropped the first teaser trailer for the revival of Dexter and like oh, announced right. it's coming in November. A big one was Netflix dropped the final release date for the final season of Lucifer in September. But even Netflix did something interesting where they were dropping hints on their Twitter account for the Lucifer final date throughout the day. And then it came up with like, 
a dot com link and you got the YouTube video for the trailer right before the panel started. So they were even trying to find creative ways to like get fans engaged throughout the day. So there were just a lot more just like trailer release dates, um, nothing like huge, like Doctor Who released the trailer for their upcoming season, that kind of thing. So it was more of those like smaller scale stuff as opposed to like, oh my God, so-and-so is joining the cast of you know blank honestly it sounds like it just shouldn't be virtual because what it is it is just a a big pr event yes and that it sounds like it it will be absolutely wonderful when everyone gets to be back together and experience what comic-con is which is more than just releases absolutely oh well Nora, thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me guys that's it for today come back and join us tomorrow and remember it's never too late to start therapy Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts, too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com comfy. Have you ever felt depressed about work only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant. And I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy. So that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could at Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So listen to The Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.